Um, well, it's a complicated question. That's a, it, everything is, is very, there's a lot going on. It's very exciting. Um, I'm, 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 I'm involved in a lot of shows right now. Okay. All right. So, uh, you are the director of, uh, the, Wu-Tang Clan at Film Screaming, uh, 36 Cinema. Uh, how was it being able to uh, direct and kind of do this behind the scenes? Um, well, let's, can we start with what it is? We're, Wild we're, Style. We're talking yeah. about the movie Wild Style, which was mm -hmm. made, um, really we began the movie in 1980 um, and the movie grew out of things that were happening in the 70s. And um, I had made a, a Kung Fu movie in 1978, mm -hmm. which took place in Lee Quinones' neighborhood. Um, Lee Quinones is a very um, legendary graffiti mm -hmm. artist. Mm -hmm. And he was legendary even in 1978. He was known to people that were paying attention to the subways. And I had m massive respect for him in terms of just the, the huge amount of, of accomplished, mm -hmm. accomplishment. And, but it, more importantly, um, the, 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 the location where I was sh shooting this Kung Fu movie in the Lower East Side, and it was shot on a Super 8 camera. Yeah. Had giant murals by Lee Quinones. So you could just walk there at any time, and it wasn't like a train that you had to catch. The murals just sat there, and you, if you knew where they were, you could go there and study them. So I was a big fan. Um, and um, Fab Five Freddy, who was known as Fred Brathwaite, that was his name, mm -hmm. and Fred Brathwaite had been coming to Lee's neighborhood because he wanted to work with Lee to, um, to try and present himself and Lee as, as a harbinger of a new kind of, of, of art, an art form that was going to be um, in the galleries according to their planning. And they did manage to um, have a show that was in, in Rome in 1979, which is an amazing part of the story yeah. in a sense. But getting to the point directly with Wild Style, um, there was a, a, there was a, a huge, um, exhibition in, in, in Times Square, which was a place that I 
hung out in Times Square because I went to Kung Fu movies all the time. And that was sort of the street culture mecca of New York City in 1980. And we had an art show there and Fred came to the art show to find out if there was a way for him to be involved in it and to be represented in it. And he was looking for me because he knew of my posters that were for this Kung Fu movie. And when we met, we immediately started talking about what could happen. And Fred had this idea that wouldn't it be great if we made a movie that connected the graffiti scene which people were very well aware of, which was all over New York, let's say, with the hip hop scene, which was a very underground thing that teenagers knew about it, mm -hmm. but not people outside of that did not, especially in the Bronx, hip hop was a very dominant teenage uh, culture form, but it wasn't known to the larger audience across the board. And so um, I thought it was a fantastic idea because he knew Lee Quinones and I asked him, if you can bring Lee Quinones here tomorrow morning, because I had been trying to find him to work with him. I said, if you can bring Lee Quinones here, then we'll start the movie, we'll get going and you guys can start off by doing a mural on the side of this building. Now that's really funny, isn't it? Because yeah. <laughs> we didn't own the building and I had no permission to grant him, but I gave them $50 and said, if, if, if you could do a piece right there on the side of this building, that would make it really look great here because I was trying to bring the show into street art and they um, they did a big Fab Five on the wall, which was an homage to Lee's crew, which was called the Fabulous Five. Gotcha. And later, Fred adopted the name. I think it was Debbie Harry that gave him that name, said, oh, you're Fab Five Freddy. And she made a song called Rapture which sung about that. And so all these things were um, coming together rather quickly. And I immediately just started working with Fred every day. And we were going to hip hop shows in the Bronx and riding the subways and talking about what kind of movie we could make. and. And I started to write an idea for a story. Yeah. I'm talking a lot. Maybe you should. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Because so I don't know if you're interested in any of these things. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely. I'm telling you history, but we, but really the, the important thing is that there's going to be this screening of Wild Style. Right. Um, I'm definitely interested. Uh, so I wanted to get into Wild Style just specifically of it being the first hip hop motion picture. Um, in 1982, what, how did this whole idea of creating uh, Wild Style come about? That's what I just told you. That's exactly what I just explained. But that was in 1980, not in 82. 
Yeah, 19. Well, that's a, that's a big difference. It's two years. And yeah. what happened was the, the, the discussion that Fred and I had together was kind of like the two of us were like a, a place with a lot of dry timber around because we were involved in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so once this spark happened, it, 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 it sort of scorched the, the whole region, so to speak. In other yeah. words, a lot of things kind of jumped off very quickly. And, yeah. and so, and this was about um, reinvigorating the hip hop world that was taking right. place in the Bronx mm -hmm. and going up there and talking to people about being part of a movie. And honestly, everyone that I spoke to was so um, excited and interested and curious. They didn't know what it was going to be, but um, people handed out flyers in those days. And the flyers were like, they were like magazines. You could look at the flyer and it has pictures of people and it has dates. And that's how I learned about hip hop. Yeah. Um, so me being a hip hop journalist, I just want to ask you, um, so are there any artists in hip hop right now that you are um, sort of, I wouldn't say channeled in on, but kind of listen to or like, you know, listen to frequently? Was, well, you know, people like Kendrick Lamar is a really oh, great yeah. example of someone that has within himself mm -hmm. um, legions of, 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 of past hip hop and when 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 i say hip hop i mean rock and roll when i say mm -hmm. rock and roll i mean funk music when i say funk music i mean jazz yeah. and when i say jazz i mean blues in other words performers that i'm interested in are performers that have the spirit of these things in them in mm -hmm. and it's not like they went to to school to learn these things it's a culture that arises out of all these elements. So Kendrick Lamar has all these things in his performances and he's just like, he doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, he's ready to break all the rules with the next thing he's going to do. But there's a tremendous passion and we could go on with other artists, but I mean, that's a great example yeah. right there. And but what I wanted to try to say is that, you know, if, if, if you were like I was um, when I was 18, I went to Woodstock and I saw Jimi Hendrix perform. And he was young, you know, he was yeah. in his 20s, he was in his early 20s, yet he had already been he had been on the Chitlin circuit playing R&B and he knew everybody and he knew how to play the licks of all these different blues musicians. He was interested in jazz. So he brought all that forward. And I'm just saying that, that that's true about hip hop. Yeah. And, and like a performer like Busy B, who's in one, one of the stars of Wild Style. I don't know if you've seen the movie, so, but. but I've watched it. Yeah. Oh, great. So Busy yeah. B is a kind of performer that when I see, I mean, from the moment I met Busy B, and I could tell you a story about meeting Busy B, mm -hmm. which is very instrumental of all this. 
but when I met Busy B and I began to watch him perform, I thought there are hundreds of, here's someone who represents uh, the, the gospel tradition in black music, you know, the call and response and the spirituality of it. And yet he's also kind of, he has a bit of gangster in him. He's a bit <laughs> of a street, he's very street. That's because he comes from that. And it's not like he's trying to act like something. He just is this. Yeah. And that's true of other performers. And like when I when I got to know, and, and I could tell you stories about that, but, but let's for the moment go on to like someone like Grandmaster Kaz. Grandmaster Kaz, who does a lot of the, the he, he's, he's one of the most experienced lyricists in hip hop. Mm -hmm. And and I would say he's the, the reason why I did the basketball scene the way that I did, because he lived right there on the basketball court. And see, when I when I watch him perform, I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, I'm watching <laughs> muddy, muddy waters, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. It reminds me of muddy waters. <laughs> yeah. And and it's like we never we don't even have these conversations. But I, I feel these things because they're in the, it's, it's, it's in the performers and, mm -hmm. you know, and honestly, th that's all I care about. And yeah. when I made the movie, I was just like, so I was so um, aloft, you know, I was like aloft, meaning that I was floating on a certain uh, sense of confidence because mm -hmm. because I was working with Fred yeah. who has enormous you know his experience with 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 jazz and you know and when I first met him he could do all the like the all the dub musicians that I loved from from Jamaica he could imitate all those guys because he he was from Bed-Stuy and he was, and he had all those records. <laughs> right. <laughs> so these are people that understand all this and have it in them. And, and, and at his home, jazz musicians would come by because his father knew all the jazz musicians like personally. So he had all this in him. And, and um, so I felt, Oh, if I'm here with 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 Fred, then this is going to happen, and this is going to be really profound, and this is going to be really important, and 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 I want to work with Lee Kinonis because I thought if I if I work with Lee Kinonis, eventually people will get it. You know, in other words, this isn't a documentary, but eventually people will understand that the spirit of Lee Kinonis is in this film. And Lee Kinonis's spirit created some of the most important, like hundreds and hundreds of subway cars with mm -hmm. very complex messages. It was revolutionary. And he's still like that. He's still exact, he hasn't changed. If you meet, when I, when I talk to Lee now, he's as crazy as he was in 1980. He's still got yeah. that spirit that he's like 15 years old and he's going out to bomb and he's going to like make something happen tonight. Um, right. 
she's got that spirit so it just it 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 and then i started to meet people like um like kaz and busy b and and especially um grand wizard theodore who i became mm -hmm. very close to and i would hang out at one of his spots and do slideshows um in in this place in the in the bronx um which was called the ecstasy garage and um there there um 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 grand wizard theodore was playing this music that was from the 70s that i recognized some of this music from the 70s in other words he had all this and his audience is high school students and they're drinking 40s <laughs> wow they're not supposed to but i'm saying they could because it was like that i'm just saying that's what it was like it was a giant cement room filled with teenagers and they're listening to this music they don't know that this music is from because he grand wizard theodore learned all this from from um from grandmaster flash because flash was living at his house you know what i'm saying and he he was picking up on all the the, the right um the right samples to, to to focus on and how to how to move the crowd with with stuff that their parents were listening to yeah i don't know that you can you can feel it right you understand right. what i'm talking about i, so, I absolutely yeah, so absolutely. I just thought, let's do this. But I was also, I said, let's do this. But I also said, we're not ready. So mm -hmm. we kept, in other words, I was trying to experience it uh, and develop the idea because I had nothing because no, there was no roadmap. There was nothing to tell you this is hip hop or this is where it happens or this is who the characters are. So it was a mat. So it was a matter of of discovery and i found out uh, there was this this young girl really she was 16 years old and she was really cute and i found out that she was painting trains and her name was pink lady pink and i found out then that lee was lee was 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 dating her Oh, this wow. was top secret. Nobody knew about this, right? Mm -hmm. And I did the the worst thing possible that any producer of a hip hop program would do is I started to have this fantasy of the movie plot being around this writer who goes out into the subway yards, but he's really in love with this girl. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is like this is like people are going to be like no way i'm not going to that's corny you know but i but it was true see and in the truth of it it had to me the inspiration which meant you can do this and people will have to understand because this is what it is in other words i'm not trying to tell people i'm not trying to feed something to to teenagers that that isn't true and I thought yeah. if it's true, then eventually people will accept it. 
And so the movie to me was like a big art movie made for teenagers, which yeah. I, even from the beginning, I was imagining that this movie, because early on, I didn't know how to raise money for it. And I met someone who was involved in, in raising money for independent films. And she said, she told me, well, if you go to Channel 4 in London and talk to them, they would think this idea was really good. Or she goes, if you go to ZDF in Germany, both of these were public channels like PBS in America. And they, she said, but they are really interested right now in American independent films because it was just starting. Spike Lee hadn't made, his, hadn't made a movie yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that, that, but it was coming. And they, I wanna, they, I'm sorry, they wanted I wanted to, to cut you off. Yeah. Because I have a, a I had a, um, your, the PR that told me about the interview told me it's a hard cutoff for your time. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just gushing. Yeah, definitely. just gushing. Uh huh. Yeah, I definitely want to just make sure that I'm able to get everything and that I can. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that. you should get what you need. Yeah. I'm, so what I want to ask you is because yes. there are people, there are kids that are like my age in their 20s who haven't seen Wild Style. Yes. On May 15th, what do you want those children and like some of those adults and people who've never seen the movie to get out of the film? Um, that everyone in the film is representing a spirit of hip hop. Mm -hmm. And they are... Um, they are performing and they are, they, they have a certain time or a, it's like a, it's like when a performer comes out on stage and these people are trying to um, express the spirit of hip hop in their fashion, whether it's double trouble on the stoop, you know, that's real. This was all, all of this. And I don't have time to explain it, but everything that happened in this movie is real. It came out of things that were happening to them at this moment. And mm -hmm. the South Bronx is a place of horrible tragedy and terrible, um, people were, were, were treated um, that, that this, this was the poorest place, the most roughest place, for a teenager to grow up. And so this was of great ad adversity that people were creating this culture. And this is how hip hop came about. And these are the people that, that brought it to us. For real, this is, it's that simple. And it's not, yeah. a, it's not a documentary, but it documents what hip hop what hip hop was right. about in that time. Right. Yes, yes. Absolutely. And, and, and so I'm like, I'm suggesting, you know, it's like, you gotta get hip. You gotta be like, yeah. you gotta be, you gotta be using your own intelligence when you watch the movie so that you get, you understand because there's layers of what you're looking at. And right. instead of having people come out and tell you what it is, you watch it. Got it. So could I ask you this question? I want to just get into uh, what yes. you may think about today's hip hop era. Um, so today's hip hop era is much different from when it, back in the 80s and yes. during that time, just like, totally different. But yes. if you were to ever do like a re 
like a I wouldn't say the same exact kind of uh, right. thing with Wild Style, but something different. Do you think yeah. that that would work in this era of hip hop? Well, the thing is, is that I believe hip hop is rooted in places. Yeah, it's rooted where people are growing up. It's rooted in in uh, teenage experience of of things. And, you know, teenagers always think they made it up. They think they they they're the ones that discovered whatever it is, sex or whatever it is they're discovering. Yeah. They can't imagine that it ever existed until they saw it and felt it. And that's true about hip hop. And that's what people rediscover it when, the, when it's time. And the great thing about hip hop is that hip hop always has your back because it's all about people representing themselves and it's about mm -hmm. empowerment. So um th that's why it's 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 it it works in cultures all over the world because it's applicable in different languages with mm -hmm. different cultures and it's and it has this power and i you know i'm sorry to make it sound all religious like this oh it's fine but it is spiritual mm -hmm. So, because I write for Respect Magazine, I have to ask you this question. Um, when you hear or see the word respect, what is your personal definition of that word? Like, why, what, are you, what do you think the word respect means to you? Aretha Franklin. <laughs> um, if she isn't respect, <laughs> she got respect for herself <laughs> and for women. Yeah. And um, she defined with that song someone who is 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 in love with someone but is also demanding that that person respect her yeah um financially respect her emotionally the whole line the whole line and and um so um i mean that's sort of like i i, I i'm being broad with you but but <laughs> no, it's but fine. I must yeah <laughs> we don't have much time right thank you so much um for sure. doing this interview charlie sure and, and enjoy I mean, the rest a of lot day. of fun thank you yeah thank